And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Monday. Casey Justclair here with Coach Brian Colley. We've got a fun show coming your way. Oh, my God, we've got so much stuff to talk about today. We've got um, high school football. We'll let you know the eight Superdome matchups. Um, We've got high school basketball. Uh, We have a bunch of weekend results to talk about. Then we've got Richard Jones, who will be joining us at 1145. He is the boys basketball coach at Homa Christian School. Got to tell you, was super impressed with the um, effort with which his team played on over the weekend over at the uh, Jack Becker Classic over at Vanderbilt. They were a little shorthanded, but boy, played hard and, and competed at a high level. And we'll have Coach Jones on to talk about that. I promise you I'm not going to make any uh, Philadelphia Eagle jokes while Coach Jones is on the line. promise you I'm not going to brag about the Cowboys while Coach Jones is on the line. Um, says the radio host with his fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you for a second. <laughs> In the noon hour of the show, we're going to talk about the New Orleans Saints. Ugh. We'll talk about the college football playoff. Ugh. We'll talk about our weekend W's and L's. We'll get into all that. We should have a whole lot of fun um, debating these topics in the lunchtime hour of the show. But first, who's going to the Superdome? We'll tell you. In Division One non-select, Friday, in a game that was not interrupted by rain, one of the few, Rustin gets a 28-7 win over Mandeville. Rustin's going to the Dome. They're the number one seed, ending Mandeville's Cinderella story. At the bottom of the bracket, Zachary, they were trailing 28-13 to 13 before Lightning altered their game. But a team that has years and years worth of prominent recruiting classes like Zachary has, you can't hold them down for long. They got a 31-28 win over Dutchtown. See what I did there? Rustin and Zachary taking on one another in the Dome. That will be Saturday at 7 o'clock. All kidding about Zachary aside. Great, great, great moxie. They go on a big run in the semifinal and rally back. Get a 31-28 win over Dutchtown. And I got to tell you, um, Rustin has been number one all season, but I would actually favor the lower-seeded team in that game. I would favor Zachary to win that championship in Division One non-select just because of the pedigree, man. And I know Rustin's been there too, but I would be surprised if the Broncos didn't win it all in Division One non-select. Wow. Yeah, I think that they're gonna they're gonna make it happen. Uh yeah, da, 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 da. let's see, Division Two non-select. We've got Opelousas, who upset, and I guess I say the term upset loosely because they're probably the most talented team in the bracket, but they, as the 12th seed, beat number one, North DeSoto, 28-20. to Opelousas, good luck, because you're facing a freight train in the championship. That would be the Cecilia Bulldogs. Cecilia beats Northwest 55-18. to Our old buddy Dennis Gaines has entered the playoffs as the two seed. All they have done is won by 40. One by 24, and then one by uh, 27 or whatever, 37, whatever, maybe 55 to 18. They have nothing but blowouts for Cecilia. They're taking on Opelousas. Partner, these two teams met in week eight, and Cecilia got a 25 to 22 win. It's going to be one hell of a football game at noon on Friday in the Dome. Opelousas must have a uh, pretty good defense. They don't allow points. <laughs> to hold. To see you down, uh, only to 25 points. Well, look, in the playoffs, they have allowed 6, 0, 10, and then 20. So, yeah. They wow. Have, they've got a great defense. They, they're going to need a great defense to try to hold down Cecilia. 
Division three, non-select. We have a local team competing for a state championship. That would be the St. James Wildcats. But more about that in just a second. Number four, Union Parish got a win over number one, Gina, 24-16. Union Parish will take on St. James, who went on the road, got a 28-17 win over Sterlington. Union Parish this season um, started off slow, started off 1-2, and two, rebounded, playing well. They're taking on St. James in the championship. St. James is always a contender. Uh, lost their final game of the regular season to E.D. White. We're unfazed, making it to the Dome again. Kudos to St. James. Hope they bring it home. Division four, non-select. We've got another number one seed that goes down. Number four, Haynesville defeats number one, Logansport, 31 to 14. They'll now take on number three, Oak Grove, who hammered Kentwood, 49 to 28. Oak Grove and Haynesville will be competing on Thursday at 7 o'clock in the Superdome. Then we go to the select side of things. Division one, select. Got some very interesting things that went down. Uh, Acadiana. It gets a win over Edna Carr, 30-24. to Acadiana, a historical power. They're always in the Dome. They will be taking on another team who's a historical power and who's always in the Dome. Catholic High of Baton Rouge. They get a 28-16 to win over Rumble. That, so was, that was terrible. What was terrible? Yeah, Catholic High. Oh, huh. I, I'm breaking somebody else's trademark. Acadiana <laughs> and Catholic High will be playing one another on Friday at 7 o'clock. Um Contrasting styles there. Acadiana is a we're lining up and running the ball up the middle. Catholic is a we're going to throw the ball over the field type of team. We'll be interested to see which team can impose their will on the other. Um, going to be a fun game, though. No doubt. Two Blue Bloods in Louisiana locking up in Division One select. Division Two select. Uh, St. Thomas Moore. My God. Um, 69-30 to 30 over Shaw. They are scoring points so plenty in the playoffs. They've scored 57, 49, and 69. They're scoring like a basketball team. Well, they're taking on Lafayette Christian, who beat Turlings 42 to 35. These two teams faced off with one another in week 10 of the regular season. St. Thomas Moore beat Lafayette Christian 44 to 40. St. Thomas Moore is undefeated 13 and 0. Lafayette Christian has lost twice this year. They lost to Ruston in week four and to St. Thomas Moore in week 10. Patna. A lot of folks have this one circled. A lot of folks think this will be the best game of the entire weekend. Whew, kind of hard to argue, man. You got uh, two rivals. I know because there's a little, uh, there's a fella from the Bayou who who plays for Lafayette Christian. I see some of the social media posts. These two schools don't gel. They don't like one another. They despise one another. And now they're playing for it all in the dome. It should be a whole lot of fun to see. When when is that game? Uh, December the 9th, which is Saturday, Saturday at noon. Saturday at noon, Ooh. St. Thomas More and Lafayette Christian playing for all the marbles in Division Two select. When you look at the entire bracket, it got some pretty darn good football games coming up this weekend in the Dome. Yeah, they sure do. It'll be the first time that good football's played in the Dome in a, in a long time. That's uh, Well... <laughs> Detroit played pretty good. <laughs> in Division Three, select St. Charles gets an overtime win, ten to seven over University Lab. They'll take on Calvary Baptist, who beat Isidore Newman thirty-five to twenty-seven. So number one versus number two, St. Charles versus Calvary. Um, one of the things it's actually Coach Rod who said this, and, and I agree with him. One of the big things that kind of stunk about the weekend is that. We had a lot of games that were altered by lightning delays or were altered by wet fields, and St. Charles and University was one of those games. And I don't mean to diminish anything that the Comets did, 
But watching some clips, those teams were playing in mud puddles and mud pits. That was a tough one to watch. St. Charles survives. It gets a 10-7 win. I just wish we would have had better weather on Friday. It was a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, it reminds me of a few years back when E.D. White was playing in the cold. I think it was might have been snowing. I think I was – I can't even remember. I think E.D. White may have well, – I'm not even sure. If they won it or not, but it was uh, some bad playing conditions. Yeah, no doubt. Thankfully, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we will not have to deal with the conditions in the Dome. In Division 4, select the last bracket. Riverside, the 5C, crushes number one Vermilion Catholic 34-7, to making a statement. Kudos to Coach Ron Case. Ron Case has been telling me in text messages all year, hey, Riverside's the best team we've played. They're the best team we've played. They get a 34-7 to win over Vermilion Catholic. And they'll now take on Southern Lab, who defeated a Wachita Christian 38-34. to A little bit of a surprise there. A lot of folks thought Wachita Christian was the heavy favorite in that bracket. Not so fast. We've got Riverside and Southern Lab Thursday at 3.30 in the Dome. So, Patna, obviously, um, some big matchups, right? I mean, you talk about you know Rustin and Zachary. That's a big matchup. You talk about Acadiana and Carr. Um Closer to home for us, we're paying attention to our buddy Dennis and in, in, in Opelousas Friday at noon, and it's always a fun time, always a lot of talent on display. But just looking at the, the matchup, St. Thomas Moore and Lafayette Christian, like there's a lot of really sexy matchups. There's a lot of games here. When you go uh, St. Charles and Calvary Baptist, like there's going to be some close, competitive, four-quarter, hard-fought football games. I don't expect very many lopsided ball games here. I think this is going to be a showdown and some really exciting action in the Dome Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If it's anything like last year, get your tickets now because last year was some of the best high school football games I've seen uh, in many, many, many years. And if anything like it, it's going to be some great games. The only thing, man, I just I don't like these 12 o'clock games, especially like on a Friday. You're and I know coaches are not going to – but you got your routine set. Every Friday you play, and and now everything's got to be pushed up a little bit because uh, you started 12. That's that's kind of early, but, I mean, it's been like that for years. So, very interesting, right? The old cliche, offense sells tickets, defense wins championships. Cecilia has scored 38 or more points in every single game this season except when they played Opelousas and they scored 25. Cecilia is an offense first team. Dennis, if you're listening, cover your ears. But they're an offense first team who gets timely stops on defense. Opelousas is a defense first team that has athletes and could score, but they want to keep you out of the end zone primarily. Would you rather have the dominant offense or the dominant defense going into this game? Wow. Well, I'm an offensive top guy, so I'd rather offense but if you look at the big picture you need <laughs> defense wins championships okay now let me ask you this the old cliche oh man it's hard to beat somebody twice would you rather have the close hard-fought win in the regular season or would you rather have the revenge factor and know that you lost close but you could still beat them probably i'd rather not play them yeah i, I would rather have play uh play someone different i guess because if you win it's like okay well it, you start everybody's hard to beat teams twice and when you, you know that I mean I'm worried about a second round game <laughs> in the fourth quarter of a first round game but uh, it's kind of 
well, we should we beat them. It pressures on us. Or, but on the other hand, if you get beat by them, well, they beat us once. Can we beat them? And I, well, well, to that point, Lafayette Christian beat Turling sixty-one to three during the season. In game two, it was forty-two to thirty-five. Who knows? We but we do have a bunch of rematches, right? St. Thomas Moore Lafayette Christian. That's a rematch. You know, uh, Cecilia and Opelousas. That's a rematch. It'll be interesting to see the adjustments that these coaches make as they try to get their teams to win a state championship. And I've got an interesting stat. I'm not going to get to it into our W's and our L's. Very interesting stat that is going to blow your mind about these eight matchups in the Dome. Let's catch a break. When we get back, Richard Jones, home of Christian School, will be joining us. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras, rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810, three- and two-stall restrooms, air-conditioned trailers, anytime, anywhere. Call 24-7. Planning an event? Visit Septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Welcome back here to Play by Play. We go to the phone lines for our first and only calling guest today. That would be Homer Christian School Boys basketball coach, Coach Richard Jones, who's on the line. His team played at the Vanderbilt Catholic Tournament this past weekend. Coach, good morning, buddy. How we doing? Hey, good morning, Casey. How y'all doing? Good, man. Uh, dude, was super impressed with the um, effort of your team this weekend, man. Look, you, you beat Berwick. And then we're running stride for stride with Catholic New Iber for about two and a half quarters. We kind of gassed out a little bit there. It was the second game of the day. Um, but, man, I left there thinking, man, Richard's got his dudes bought in. I mean, Everybody's pulling in the same direction. The bench is fired up during the games. And I really like that culture. Two and two start to the year. Tell us about your team, man. Oh, for sure, man. We, uh, you know, starting off 1-0 and and then, yeah, fast forward to that Monday, we went on the road to Highland Baptist. And I, I think – what I call probably the, the worst game that we played since I took over. 
you know, in the next 48 hours after that, we really had to look ourselves in the mirror and uh, just get ready to, to play more more our style. We shot very poorly that Monday night uh, from the field, and we just really wanted to get back out on the court. Unfortunately, that game scheduled against Burry Thursday got, got pushed back, and working through those scenarios, that, that was another challenge for, for our guys is that uh, – the scenarios was either delete the game or play Saturday. We weren't available Saturday, so you know I kind of went to one of my team captains, Mike Akale, and asked him. I said, "You guys want to play two on one day?" He said, "Coach, we'll play three. So, you know, that answer right there told me everything we needed to know. And uh, you know, we really just pride ourselves on playing with a chip on our shoulder, and um, I thought that's what we did. I thought our kids played really, really hard. Proud of them from that Friday night. So I'm asking both as a reporter and then also as a former Biddy coach, what's an update on my boy Adams? I saw him up there watching the games. He got a little ankle brace. When are you guys expecting to get him back? Uh, only, only thing I can say about that is he is injured and uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. Just really right now, just focus on those guys in the in the uniform uh, on Friday night and try to get ready for a, a tough uh, central private team tomorrow. Tell us about that Central Private. You guys are making the trip. Um, you said a minute ago, hey, man, we went on the road earlier this year. Didn't go so well. What are you telling the boys today to make sure that it's not a repeat performance and that you guys are more up for the ball game? Yeah, that's, uh, that's what we'll start with at practice today is uh, just making sure that we're, we're focused on the task at hand going on the road. It's another opportunity to, uh, to recreate that, that tough performance last Monday. And uh, just blocking out distractions. I, I really don't think uh, we were focused. I think I did a poor job of having my guys prepared for that for that game. And it's something that we're really, really going to hone in on today at practice is just blocking out all the outside distractions and, and knowing exactly what you're trying to accomplish on the road. Is, it's a business trip. It's not it's not one of those things where you can just go and, and, and play, a, play a very, very poor game and come out with a victory. It's a, you know... Anytime you go on the road, there's there's a lot of different uh, variables that get added to the equation. So we just really got to focus. Look, Catholic of New Iberia is a top 28 caliber team in the same bracket that you guys are in, Division Three Select. How important was it? And look, I, I know the score got away from me a little bit at the end, and they get a 21-point win. But those who were there know it wasn't that lopsided of a game. How important was it early in the season to face a team of that caliber play them close and like maybe kind of build that confidence of, Hey guys, like on any given day, we could be that type of a team. That's a, Casey, that's a great question. Um, you know, Catholic and new Iberia, when you look at them, they almost look like a, like a college program. So that, uh, just aesthetically looking at a team like that, I really had to talk my guys up and, and try to transfer that energy that we had against Burry into that game against Catholic. And, uh, it was one of those, those games where, you know, even as a coach, you, you say all the right things, you put them in the right spots, but, man, you can't beat that length in, that, in, in a program like, like Catholic and New Iberia. So for us to, you know, we had an 18-14 lead with two minutes left. We were in some foul trouble. And uh, I, I have two eighth graders on the court along with a, a junior and two seniors. Um, and, you know, that, that, was a, that was a tough stretch for us. Uh, we were trying to we – we kept saying, get, get the troops home, let's get the troops home, let's, let's get to halftime. And, you know, only be down two in that situation to get a team like that with foul trouble on our second on our second game. I thought it was a real statement game for us, even though it comes up as a loss in, in, in the win-loss column. Uh, I, was, I was truly proud. and It kind of showed, showed me and it showed the guys that, you know, we play our style of basketball. 
You know, it's 32 minutes. It doesn't matter. You know, just to keep playing our style of basketball, we'll always give our chance, ourselves a chance to win or at least be there in the end, you know. <clears throat> Coach, talk about the play of your bench. These guys coming off the bench, it uh, seems like you don't lose a whole lot, uh, especially effort-wise when they come in and how important it is to get these guys some playing time early on in the season. No, I, I think that's extremely important, especially with, uh, you know, being at a small school, you know, I, we had a number situation last year. Um, this year, I, I think it's real important for me and and my coaching staff for for myself to trust some of those young those, those younger guys. We did that a little bit more in the in the Catholic New Iberia game, uh, just because from a rest standpoint and in uh, the foul trouble situation. But I, I we had some guys that stepped in that didn't really get a lot of varsity playing time. Uh, early this season, or didn't even wear a, a varsity jersey last year, and they showed me that they were good at a few things. So, you know, now it's our job to put those kids in the right position uh, for them to be successful. So, if, you know, knowing that I can, I can get a starter out with the, you know, the last minute of a quarter and have that extended break. That's something I really need to hone in on, and instead of just just riding those uh, those guys that 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 uh, you know we start each game is just finding different spots for everybody at least come sit for a minute or two. I think that's uh, something that's going to be um, a challenge, but something that we can definitely work through because, you know, those, those guys are, are, are doing everything they can and, and they deserve those opportunities to, to go, you know, see if they can, they can be successful. And it just seems like everybody's really believing in each other. And that's, that's what I'm most proud of, you know, early on this, this far. I love to hear the coaches answers to this question. Uh, because we had Andrew Kiowet on last week, and he was saying, you know, he's he's rattling off his power rating numbers, and Brian and I are kind of laughing, like, bro, it's so early, man. <laughs> like, this could change so much from day to day. At what point in the season does, does Richard Jones start going on go preps and hitting refresh over and over again and looking at those numbers? Look, I tell you what, after how poorly we played, I know I keep referencing the Tyler Bassett game. I would have, you know, on a normal basis, we took care of business. I would have put it in, and I would have refreshed, 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 just to take a glance. I didn't input the score. I confirmed it, and I stayed away from go press until we, uh, <laughs> until we won our following game. It's, you know, it's it's hard as a coach, and especially it's early. But any coach that's going to come on come on here and say they don't look at it until ten to fifteen games into the bold face liar, y'all know that. So. <laughs> yep, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, no doubt, bro. Look. I got to leave you with this. I'm going to break my promise. Are the Eagles going to beat the Cowboys on the road this weekend, man? The Eagles will beat the Cowboys by a touchdown this week on the road, man. It's, it's such recency bias in the, in the NFL, man. It's, I thought the Eagles had a gauntlet schedule. And I know it sounds like I'm making excuses. They played three games in 13 days. Um, the, the, they weren't ready for the 49ers' physicality. Uh, I expect a close game, but I expect uh, I expect the Eagles to remain on top in the NFC and, and go on the road and beat the beat the Cowboys. So, so the Forty ers have now blown out both of our teams of rooting interest. Are they are they that much better than us, man? Are they the clear favorites? You think? I don't think so. You know, I think uh, prior to the the game yesterday with the Eagles and Niners, uh, the Eagles had the best record in the NFL, and then I woke up this morning and saw that the Eagles still have the best record in the NFL. Uh, so, I, you know, as long as the Eagles go get that one seed, I think they're still the team to beat in the NFC. There we go. Sounds like a winner. Thanks so much for the time, brother. Hey, Casey, 
and uh, Coach Kyle, thank y'all so much for everything y'all do, man. Anytime we see that that, uh, that iPad for the Bayou Sports, our, our kids get excited. I think it's great just for coverage amongst all the, the teams in the in the area, man, because that's what it's about at the end of the day. And we appreciate you guys. You got it, brother. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yep, that is Coach Richard Jones doing a great job. His team is um, playing well, man. He's got them bought in. Ooh, they're competing. Uh, they play super hard. Wouldn't be surprised they go on the road and uh, Central Private. Uh, you might be in for it because you're going to be facing a team that's going to be giving you 32 minutes of really hard-nosed basketball. They play hard. I think they, they're young. He mentioned a couple of seniors. Uh, so, overall, a young team. They got some guys, some guards who can shoot the basketball. And I think they do a great job penetrating, getting to the rim. And they're not going to back down from anyone. That's that's given. That that's Coach Jones is going to make sure that doesn't happen. They will not back down, and uh, they're going to make some noise. They they're going to beat some teams this year. And if you're not going to match their intensity, you're going to have a long night. Yeah, like the Eagles are going to have next Sunday when they face the Cowboys. That, no, look, <laughs> the Eagles are going to take care of business. Your Cowboys are just. We still you, haven't beat anybody. You really want to talk about NFL teams and compare our, our two NFL teams and where they are right now? Like, that's really the conversation we want to have? Well, if we're going to talk NFL teams, yeah, we can talk Cowboys, Eagles. The, the other ones are not a team. <laughs> they are a mess. In hour two of the show, we will talk some NFL. But first, let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to talk about some high school basketball uh, because there were a bunch of results in the area that Brian and I would like to respond to. Some local teams made some headway in the early season. We'll tell you about that. It's play-by-play. In the lunchtime hour, we'll get to high school. Then we'll talk some Saints. Then we'll talk the college football playoff. we got some W's and L's. we got all that and more in the next uh, hour. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. 
Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people, that's Danos. Over the weekend, we had a lot of high school basketball teams that played around the area and beyond, and we will start on the boys' basketball side of things and give you some local scores. Um, over at the Vanderbilt tournament, we had uh, – well, this, I'm sorry, this isn't at the Vanderbilt tournament. Over at the Santamont tournament, we start with H.L. Bourgeois, who gets a 56-49 to win over Broadmoor. Andrew came on last week and said – we got to win. We got to start winning some games. You know, just being close and playing good teams and being close is not good enough. Well, they lose the opener at Santa Mont and then win three straight, including getting a win over the host Santa Mont. They beat Dutchtown. They beat Santa Mont. They close out beating Broadmoor. Andrew, uh, you guys pulled it off. They are now suddenly hot again and got three big wins that I think are going to uh, carry them forward, heading towards their home tournament this weekend where they're, they're going to look to stay hot. Coach Kaiwet and the team had a big weekend when they when they needed it the most. Good job to them. Yeah, and look, the Santa Monica game, uh, the Braves were up by like either 22 or 24 at one point in the game, and uh, they were playing well. I mean, they, they were playing great defense, making some threes, and the thing, they got their free throw line, and at the end they made free throws. And, and uh, Santa Monica came back, took the lead on, but the Braves didn't panic. They got a couple of big steals at the end of that game and made free throws down the stretch and ended up winning that game. That's a huge win for the Braves. Tara gets a 65-55 to win over Destrahan, so Destrahan falls. Whoo, uh, I pity the fool who got to play Hanville. Hanville got a 57-48 to win over Ed Nicar. Coach Randolph just continues to get signature victories one after the other. Uh, they get a big win over Carr. Catholic of New Iberia gets a 52-51 to win over Terrebonne. That was at the Vanderbilt Tournament. We had Brandon Brown on Saturday. He said, hey, look, we played an emotional, physical, hard-fought game on Friday against Vanderbilt, came up short. He said openly, this game with Catholic's a big one for us. Now they've lost two heartbreakers in a row. Crossroads moment for Terrebonne. Want to see how they bounce back this week. I think they'll be fine. But it is a big week. You don't want this to start to snowball. They lose another hard-fought game against Catholic to wrap up their time at the Vanderbilt Tournament. I think it's a big week for Terrebonne coming up. Man, I was so impressed with Terrebonne playing against Vanderbilt. Their, just their uh, effort that they gave. And uh, it, it's tough to come back in a tournament the very next day after a game like that to go ahead and, and compete again. But uh, I'm sure Coach Brown's not happy. they got to find a way to win some of these games because – the power rankings, it doesn't matter a whole bunch now, but when it's all said and done, you're going to look back and you're going to say, man, these two games right here, if we could have won, would have been so much better off. So no they're going to have to start winning a couple. Vanderbilt at their home tournament gets a 56-42 to win over Thibodeau. The thing about Vanderbilt, and they're still missing Jalen Coleman, the thing about Vanderbilt that gives them such an advantage is 
and I wrote about this last night. Most teams, if you get to the eighth, ninth, tenth guy, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this, you're looking at a JV kid who's probably not ready to play, probably isn't as skilled. With them, that's not the case. They could run out eight, nine, ten varsity level guys. Their depth, they hit you with strength and numbers. If they get in foul trouble, it doesn't matter. If a kid's having an off night shooting, it doesn't matter. They've just got so many quality players, and they roll through their home tournament undefeated 3-0. Um, let's see. In the 4A scoreboard, congratulations go to Coach Brody Williams and the South Lafouche Tarpons. They get their first win of the season, 55-35 to against South Terrible. And the Tarpons probably kicking themselves because I thought they had some golden opportunities to beat Thibodeau on Friday. They had several possessions late, either tied or down one or whatever, or maybe even a couple of possessions with the lead where they could have separated. Um, we mentioned this with Brody on, on the Saturday show. I think winning games is a skill that a team needs to learn how to do. And late situationally with two, three minutes left, you could see the Tarpons don't yet know how to win in those situations. Now that they've been in it, maybe they'll be better equipped to handle it in the future. They bounce back the next day and put it on South Terrebonne. But a little frustrating that you didn't go two and one because I thought you played well enough to win two of the three games. Just came up a little bit short against Thibodeau, but bounced back and get a big win against South Terrebonne. Yeah, and Torpets can look back after in a couple of weeks. Uh, Thibodeau, they, they could have beaten them twice. They had them at home. The tournament game, they had a better chance to beat them in that tournament game. Uh, just didn't shoot the ball well enough. They shot the ball much better against South Terrebonne and got, got the victory. But you're right, they're going to have to learn how to win. And they have a tough stretch coming up. In, in the next couple of weeks, it's uh, they're gonna have to play some good basketball. And tonight, I mean, you're going to Jesuit. That's a tough place to play. Uh, New Orleans officials, they're gonna let you play. It'll be a physical game. You're gonna have to Tarpons gonna have to step up their game to compete tonight. This is not local, um, but it is interesting. And I, I want to ask you if this is even possible. Can you play three games in a day? Oh, as according to the LHSA website, I think website, you can now. According to the LHSA website, Bro Bridge played three times on Saturday at ten, at one, and at four. They won the ten o'clock game against Generet, forty-eight to forty-three. Lost the one o'clock game against Lafayette Renaissance Charter, sixty-three to sixty. Then lost the four o'clock game to McKinley, sixty-nine forty-nine. Um, so according to the site, they played three times on Saturday. Good luck. That feels like a, a, a middle school thing to do, but. If that's correct, I just thought it was it's interesting to see. I've never seen anybody have three scores posted on the same day before. No, yeah. When, when you look at it, they were at the Cecilia tournament, but then the 4 o'clock they had the David Thibodeau tournament. But that's all in the same area, bub. That, it, it, I don't know. I'd be interested to find out. Um, 3A scores, EDY hmm. didn't play. Everybody was off. 2A scores, Homer Christian was off, so no one played. 1A. Everybody was off. So that wraps up the Saturday scores for boys. Let's get to the girls, uh, where we could tell you that we had several local teams play, starting with Destrehan, who fell 71-40 to 40 against Walker. Walker must be uh, absurd. I mean, everybody that every time we rattle off a Walker score, it's Walker uh, 100, everybody else 10. Hmm. Um, East St. John gets a win over E.D. White, 42-34. to 34, But I got to tell you, that's not a bad result for Nick Snack and his team East St. John is really good for E.D. White to run with them throughout the course of the game. That's that's a pretty good showing there. 
Uh, let's see. We have Thibodeau. Man, Thibodeau had started the year strong, but kind of ran into a bus saw a little bit over at Denham Springs over the weekend. Woodlawn of Baton Rouge beats them 49-43. to Coach Darian Jenkins and her team are going to get an angry Thibodeau team tomorrow in the tank because Thibodeau's lost a couple of them in a row. Ellender, after winning two in a row at the East St. John tournament, Ellender falls to De La Salle 33 to 16. But over the weekend, Ellender actually did get a win over, I believe, a seven or an eight win. Um, who did I say? Uh, McMain team. So uh, Ellender got a couple of wins over the weekend. Assumption, it's been a little bit of an up and down start to the year for them. Over at the St. John tournament, they get a 47 to 43 win. So good win for Coach Mills and the team there. Morgan City falls to Port Allen, 42-30. E.D. White played two games. We mentioned they lost to East St. John over the East St. John tournament, but before that, they put a whooping on Landry, 59-15, so a good win for E.D. White. Berwick gets a 61-10 win over False River, so a pretty good win for Berwick. Homa Christian hasn't started their season yet for the girls, so nothing in 2A, nothing in 1A. That is our local scoreboard. Man, I got to tell you, one of the big winners of the weekend, and we mentioned it earlier, it's got to be HL Bourgeois. Coach Kaiwitz said that they had to make it happen. They did. Obviously, Vanderbilt Catholic, another winner of the weekend, staying undefeated. Um, heading into the HL Bourgeois tournament this weekend should be some fun matchups. Can't wait to see um, more of how this puzzle unfolds with these local teams trying to get some uh, some good positioning here in the early stages of the year. We're going to have to get a schedule for the uh... Bourgeois tournament this coming weekend. May I get Coach Caillou to come on, give us a schedule. But Casey, one score from Friday night, because I know on the sports corner on Saturday, we're looking for it. Grandal defeated Glencoe Charter 45-11. to Very good. Happy to hear that. Tonight, on the boys' basketball side, you got H.L. Bourgeois traveling to Patterson. Boy, that God, I want to go to that game, but uh, it's early in the week. Don't want to burn myself out early in the week, knowing we got a trip to New Orleans later and but Bourgeois and Patterson is going to be a good one. South Lafouche traveling to take on Jesuit. Um, let's see. On the boys' basketball side of things, that actually might wrap up our games. Nope, we got Covenant Christian, who's going to be traveling to take on Ascension Catholic. You guys played Ascension Catholic a couple years ago. You know that's going to be athletes all over the floor. So it might be a tough one for CCA tonight, traveling on the road to take on our buddy G. Cassard's team. Statewide Shaw is going to host Mandeville. There you That'll go. That'll be a good one. On the girls' side, we got Central Lafouche traveling to take on South Terrebonne. I was asked this morning, hey, where does South Terrebonne play their games? Did a little research this morning. That game will be at the Berg Recreational Gymnasium. So Berg Gymnasium, Central Lafouche, and South Terrebonne tonight. Hanville traveling to Terrebonne High School to take on Ellender. So Hanville will be taking on Ellender tonight. Uh, Assumption is traveling to take on Dutchtown. These are girls' basketball games around the area. Donaldsonville traveling to take on Geo Next Generation. No clue where that is. No clue where they play. Uh, we'll try to Google that for you, maybe help you out, because I'm not sure where that school is. And then you got Covenant Christian taking on Ascension Catholic as well. So a traditional doubleheader there out in Donaldsonville with CCA taking on Ascension Catholic. Let's catch a break. When we get back, it's time to talk some football. We will talk about the New Orleans Saints and their loss to the Detroit Lions. Not a good day for the Saints yesterday. You lose. Tampa wins. Atlanta wins. You are grasping at straws now. Things are getting pretty dire. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. 
We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Season's greetings from A.J. LeBlanc and the staff at LeBlanc Insurance Agent. You keep us glowing and bright all year round, and we look forward to caring for your needs in the coming year. Happy holidays and have a great new year. God bless all of you, A.J. LeBlanc. Welcome back to Play by Play. What was the school that we were looking for? Geo... Uh, Geo Charter, is that the name? Yeah. Yeah, Geo Next Generation. I'm sorry. We said we didn't know where Geo Next Generation was. They're hosting Donaldsonville tonight. That is in Baton Rouge. So it's in Baton Rouge. We want to clarify that. We promised you we would Google that. Uh, so that is in the Baton Rouge area. It's play-by-play here. Let's thank our sponsors before we start yelling and screaming. Um, the Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 and Cutoff. Dufresne Building Materials experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belchase, Luling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. Uh, hope everybody is enjoying their Monday as much as we are. Yesterday, um, I'll be honest, man, dude, I put on the game at uh, 12, and I was sitting with the laptop in my lap doing a little bit of work and really wasn't paying attention early. And I look up at the TV just at a glance and, Damn, 21 nothing. Like, what? Before the game even started, the Lions had a 21 to nothing lead at the eight minute and 15 second mark of the first quarter. Had a 21 to nothing lead. Get the ball first, go down the field and score. Cars first pass is intercepted. Short field score. Punt, go down the field and score. And right out of the shoot, it was 21 nothing. Fans in the in the dome were booing and and you know it was getting rowdy. Now New Orleans did battle back and give themselves somewhat of a chance to win. They fall by five, 33 to 28. Um but, man, there's so many different ways that we could slice this onion here. New Orleans blatantly wasn't ready to play. We could start there. The second thing is Derek Carr was not very good when he was out there holding the ball, gets sacked, gets injured. He's in concussion protocol again for the second time in four weeks, so now we should expect him to miss some time where they don't play around with them head injuries anymore. The guy playing in re- relief of Derek Carr is Jameis Winston, who looked absolutely awful. He was 2 of 5 passing, 41 yards. The only long completion should have been intercepted. It was tipped by a defensive back's hands into Olave's hands. Winston looked god-awful. Um, 
you're running Taysom Hill a little bit more, but again, that's a 33-year-old running back. How much can you do that? You did fight a little bit at the end, but at the end of the day, you had a chance to get the ball back. Dennis Allen's defense couldn't get a stop, allowed the Lions to run out the clock. The Saints are 5-7. and seven. A dark picture got even darker yesterday because you lose at home. The Falcons win on the road. Tampa Bay beats Carolina. You're now in third place in the worst division in the NFL with the easiest schedule in the NFL. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Dennis Allen in his career as a head coach is now 20-45. and 45. I don't know how they could survive this at the end of the year, um, and I don't know how they're going to make it through the rest of the year because I don't know that they're going to have Carr. And as much as we like to bang on Carr and say how bad he's been, and he has been not very good, he is far and away the best option because Jameis Winston's not much either. It's a rough watch every Sunday trying to carry yourself through three hours of this garbage, man. When you look at this, yeah, you're right. There's so many different ways you can uh, <clears throat> kind of attack it. Uh, Saints, they're not making plays. They're playing the Derek Carr, they first pass it through, hit the tight end. Dead in the hands. I mean, just hits his hands, interception, whatever, okay. Short field, defense, of course, they're going to allow a touchdown. When you look at the entire first half, this team was not prepared to play. And that, that falls on, on, on Dennis Allen. There's no doubt about it. They weren't prepared. You, you still have miscommunications with uh, the receivers, quarterbacks. Uh, you you dropping uh, on the snap. A, a guard's pulling, knocks the ball out your hands. These things should not happen. And just they're not prepared at all to play. Then after the game, they're going to go and say, oh, we're all in, in this together. The fans, we're in this together. Well, uh, no, the, fan, we? the, the fans have no say so what's going on. They, they can pay their money and voice their opinion. And the Saints are like, if you watch the game, every time Carr comes to the sideline, somebody goes to him and babyfies him. They got to hit him on the back or in the shoulder. Oh, you're doing such a good – you know, it's like they got to go flonte them. You know, they got to hit yeah. them. On, oh, you do, you do. No, you're not, man. Come on. You're not doing a good job. And Winston comes in. He is the most unprepared player <laughs> around. The Jameis Winston experience they were I, calling on yeah. the broadcast. It's like, something to see. The guy walking around selling hot dogs is more prepared than him. <laughs> Boy, every every all of his five throws yesterday were an adventure. All five of them. And, and you're right. And how sad it is. Derek Carr is the better one. Far and away, the your better best option. option. And oh, Taysom, Taysom, he's not a quarterback. Come on, he he might he can get you out of a pinch if need be, but he can't. He's not a starting NFL quarterback. Look, it's pretty safe to assume, right, when you get your second concussion in four weeks, he's not going to play Sunday against Carolina. It's pretty safe to assume. And I'm, I'm just talking about the, the head. They also said he's got a hurt shoulder and whatever. I mean, the dude fell right on top. Bruce Irvin hammered him, fell right on top of him. It's pretty safe to assume he's not going to be out there Sunday. What would you do? Would you give it to Winston and say, hey, go win us the game? You're playing Carolina. You should win the game either way. 
Would you mix and match Winston and Hill? But look, here's the thing, man. And and as much as we like to knock on Derek Carr, and, and he deserves all of it, right? Because he got a $150 million contract, and that comes with expectations that you better perform. I really think that they make his job difficult because what other starting quarterback in the NFL plays two plays and has to go sit for two plays and then plays three plays and has yep. to sit for one and then plays two and then has to sit for three and – He's never able to get in a rhythm because they don't trust him. Every third play, Taysom Hill's coming in, and you're going to the sideline, and they don't make it easy on him. So would you tell Winston, hey, go get him? Would you do the 50-50 thing with Winston and Hill and share them? Like, How would you make your offensive game plan? Because, dude, i got to tell you, what they do to Derek Carr, and Derek Carr has not been good, but they are also treating him kind of unfairly, asking him every third and fourth play to go sit on the sideline and you can never get a rhythm playing that way. It's because, like Alvin Kamara, they have no identity. Their offense, what is it? They, and can it's uh, frustrating when you watch it because if it's third, he's going to check down and he's going to throw a short pass around. They don't throw the ball down the field. Winston throws it down the field, but it's all over the place. <laughs> and and you're going to tell Winston, Winston, go get him. Uh, he, he'd probably come out with some crab legs or something. Unbelievable. Look, I, I saw something yesterday on Pro Football Talk that is spooky if you're a Saints fan. Um, they were saying that Bruce Irvin was speaking after the Lions went over the Saints, and he said, quote, I knew from playing with Derek Carr, because he used to be a Raider, from 2016 to 2018, that Derek Carr gets rattled when defenders get close to him. We knew that if we got some pressure, he would get rattled and it would play to our favor. A $150 million quarterback who has a $58 million price tag in terms of dead money hit if you release him at the end of the year, which means he can't be released at the end of the year. But around the league, he's known as a guy who gets scared whenever other people get near him. That's not very good to hear. No, and look, I thought Derek Carr was going to come in and do better. Uh, and look, it, it he gets all the blame quarterback. A lot of times you get too much blame and too much glory, whatever. But uh, I, and the system he's in that just doesn't suit him. Uh, and, and you got guys that are hurt tweeting during the game. Oh, what, what, we'll what, get to him a little later. What, was he at his house? Or was he at the game? We'll or? get to him a little later. And. He's going to tweet that so-and-so is wide open. Uh, the, the locker room, the, Dennis Allen doesn't have control. They don't believe in it. They don't believe in a system. And when you got to you got to go and just, I mean, baby fire. Uh, oh, it's all right. This and it constantly. And, and one thing, I, I mean uh, – Pete Carmichael. I mean, how can you you trust him? They don't. I, I, they don't. No. I, I, they don't. That, that's the problem. They don't. It's like anybody that has to, okay, if you're wearing glasses and you're still squinting to see. You need a new prescription, right? <laughs> and it, it's like uh, watching Joe Biden speak. <laughs> Look, Jeff Duncan was spitting hot fire yesterday. He said, Four of the five wins for New Orleans have come against last-place teams. That's a fact. You're five and seven. Four of your five wins have come against last-place teams. The combined record of the teams that the Saints have beaten 
is 18 and 42. That's a 300 or 30% win ratio. And here's a very damning stat for all the people who oh, we're only a game out of first. In the games that the Saints have played versus teams with winning records, which by the way, you played 12 games, only three teams have had winning records. It's an embarrassingly easy schedule. Against the games against the Jaguars, the Vikings, and the Lions, the Saints have not led for a second yeah. in any of those games. So now I pose the question back to you. You know how I feel about situations like this. You're five and seven. You ain't good enough. You got five games left. It's time to start losing, right? It's time to start getting good at losing, right? What what are we going all in and trying to make the playoffs for? You gotta be on my side in this one. Come on, man. Are the Saints all in right now? I think Dennis Allen knows he has to win to try to save his job. I don't think the locker room's bought in. But, dude, right now, if the draft was held today, you'd have the number nine pick. Mock drafts say you could get Jaden Daniels or some other really good quarterback. If you finish strong and go eight and nine and ruin that, shame on you. But, Casey, you know this. Do you trust this organization to get the right pick? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's a whole nother can yeah, of worms. I mean, I- Dennis Allen said yesterday that the Saints are close to a breakthrough. We're blocking out all the outside noise because we know how close we are to a breakthrough. This is seven days before Mickey Loomis said, we've got all the right people in the building. We're so close. We got all the right people. We're convinced. This this is a ship that needs to be blown to bits in the offseason. You need to start at Loomis. Adios. You need to go down to Allen. Adios. You need to go to most of the coaching staff. Adios. You need to start fresh because if you don't, you're going to be in the same spot next year, probably worse off because your schedule's not going to be easy next year and you're going to lose your damn fans because it's happening right now. How many crowd shots yesterday were there in the Dome where it was nothing but blue? It was Lion fans. You could actually hear the Lion fans making noise. If you don't make drastic changes, you're going to lose your fan base. It's got to come in the offseason whether you make the damn playoffs or not. No one cares about the NFC South. You've got to be willing to make changes here very, very soon. It's time. We've seen 12 games of this crap, and after a 2-0 start, you're 3-7 and seven in your last 10 games. Enough is enough, man. Yeah, it is. And regardless what happens the rest of this season, these changes need to be made. He, there's no saving his job. I, would, I wouldn't think. I wouldn't Not- think. But here's the thing. A lot of fans want to say, oh, you got to get a new quarterback. I said it a minute ago. Carr is an $58 million dead money cap hit if you cut him in the offseason. He's going to be your starter next year, Bubba. So what you've got to do now is you got to do what Sean Payton's trying to do in Denver, and which is just trying to make it work with your crappy quarterback. Sean Payton knows Russell Wilson's not very good. He's just trying to make it work as best he can. you got to find somebody who could fix this problem, and I don't know who that is. I don't know if that person exists, but you're stuck with what you got because you stupidly gave him a $150 million deal. Now you can't run from it. And with Carr in a, in a new system, it can't be worse. He 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 might shine in a, in a in a new system. 
how about the, how the about guy. this? How about this? And look, I do like to bang on Carr. I don't think he's very good, right? But how about this? How about we get an offensive line that doesn't get him killed every week? This is now the third time that he has to leave a game injured because somebody's landing on top of him. How about we get an offensive line that doesn't let defensive linemen land on top of their quarterback five times a Sunday? Because this is the thing. I do think the guy's not very good, right? But whenever you have a quarterback that's not very good, you've got to surround them with with a winning recipe and a winning formula. And having him play behind this offensive line ain't it. In 12 games, he has been sacked 24 times. That's two a game. That doesn't count all the hits. That doesn't count all the times that he's pressured. That doesn't count all the times that he's having to scramble and get three, four yards and get hit. Their offensive line is a train wreck, and it's disappointing because you have spent a lot of draft capital on getting these guys. McCoy, Ruiz, Ramchak, Pete, these are dudes that you drafted. Pinning, you drafted as a first-round pick. You don't even play anymore. Might not even be on the team next year. You've spent draft capital on an offensive line that's broken. And if you don't have that, you ain't got a chance, Bubba. I don't give a damn who your quarterback is. Winston may play Sunday. He's going to get beat up on. If Hill's back there, he's going to get beat up on. Until you start blocking better, you're in trouble, bro. You are in big trouble. And winning organizations, the uh, Saints offensive line coach would have been looking for a new job a long time ago. Oh, Doug Marone. And it's too much of buddy buddy with the coaching staff that with uh, Lumas that not going to get rid of them. And I I just don't see how you can say you have the right people in the building. No, you don't have the yeah. right people in the the person saying yeah, exactly. that isn't the right person in the building. But anyway, that's but it goes back in the summer, and I keep saying this when he said trust me. When he said trust me, it's like oh boy, <laughs> we we got problems. You're facing Carolina at home that oh my god that needs to be a win it won't you are only a five-point favorite at home against a one and 11 team Whew, it gets real bad if you lose that game sunday let's catch a break when we get back college football playoff did they get it right ah uh, i could see it both ways we'll debate that in the next segment it's play by play we'll be right back after this from the entire team at golden motors we would like to wish you an amazing holiday Thank you for your continued support of our dealership. We look forward to serving you for more years to come. Happy holidays from Golden Motors. Education, prevention, care. The Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute was recognized by the Louisiana Athletic Trainers Association with the President's Award for Excellence in Health and Safety. With a passion for ensuring the well-being of over 23,000 student-athletes and covering 1,400 sports events annually, our athletic trainers are dedicated to providing the best care in sports medicine. Discover more about Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute at tghealthsystem.com. You all know Powerball. You know him, you love him. Now, there's a new way to play. Introducing Powerball the Scratch-Off from the lottery. Win up to $15,000. Can you feel it? But wait, there's more. Enter the second chance drawing for cool prizes like... The Powerball Cash Promotion. This is your final chance to win exciting second chance cash prizes from the Powerball Scratch-Off. Five lucky winners will be drawn for a share of $17,000. Hey, 
Visit LouisianaLottery.com for more details. Play Powerball the Scratch-Off today for your chance to win. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The deputies of the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office remind you to designate a driver if you plan to drink this holiday season. By driving impaired, you endanger others as well as yourself. Designate a driver anytime you plan to drink. Have a safe and happy holiday season. From the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office. We have learned who is going to be in the college football playoff after a very spirited debate around the country. We now know that the number one seed in the country, no surprise there, is Michigan. The number two seed in the country, no surprise there, is Washington. Those two teams went through the regular season undefeated, which automatically gets you in, right? No. Um, the number three seed is Texas, who was 12-1 and one and rolled through the Big 12 championship game. And the number four seed was Alabama, who beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. Um, so here's my thoughts. Um, I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible because obviously as an LSU fan, I don't want anything that's successful for Alabama. Hopefully Michigan beats them in the Rose Bowl. I have my doubts about that, even though I was a little surprised to see Michigan's actually favored to win the game. Um, If we are picking the four best teams, which is what they say that they were doing, Alabama is better than Florida State, who... If they play tomorrow, I think Alabama would hammer. If we're picking the four best seasons, then I don't know how you could deny a team that went 13-0 and and won every game that they played and played a hard non-conference schedule. Even you play Florida and LSU both in non-conference, win both of those games. So I don't know, man. I feel bad for Florida State because they did everything that was asked of them. This weekend, they won by double digits against the number 14 team in the country. Oh, they looked bad. Oh, they looked awful. They couldn't move the ball. They won by double digits against the number 14 team in the country. And my gripe with this is twofold. Though I do think they got the four best teams, my gripe with this is twofold. If Alabama was 13-0 and and Florida State was 12-1 and and Alabama had just won an ugly SEC championship game with their third quarterback and Florida State had just blown somebody out in their cha- in, in, in their championship game, we all know they wouldn't have denied a 13-0 SEC team. So why would they do it to an ACC team? That's a good question, considering the ACC has a winning record against the SEC this year in head-to-head games. That's my first question. And my second question is this. How could you tell me with a straight face that you're picking and you're ranking these teams based on who's better, but you have Florida State 5th and Georgia 6th? That's my gripe. That's a slap in the face. If you're telling me that Alabama is better than Florida State, hey, I'm with you. And if you're telling me you think Florida State sucks, hey, I'm with you. But don't rank them fifth then. Put them behind Georgia. Put them behind Ohio State. And put them seventh or eighth. Because Georgia's playing Florida State in the Capital One Orange Bowl is a 14-point favorite. So you can't tell me that you're ranking these teams based on who's the best and then have them fifth ahead of Georgia, who is a 14-point favorite to beat them on New Year's. I don't get it. I don't understand the criteria. I think at the end of the day, they probably got it right, right? 
but it's just, I don't know, it's sticky, it's icky, and this is every bit of the reason why we need to have more than just four. We need to have 12. We need to have whatever because now in our final four, this committee better be rooting hard for Georgia to beat Florida State because if Florida State beats Georgia in that bowl game, we got some big issues, Bubba. Got some big issues. Yeah, look, committee's job is to get the four best teams. Uh, and why isn't they, Georgia in the yeah, playoff? Their their criteria of 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 determining that is is kind of um, it's all over the place. I, I think they 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 make it to fit their decision if that makes any sense. Where yep, um, and I, look, <clears throat> I, I was for Alabama getting in. Yeah, sure. I think they better than Florida State, so that would put them in. But how it, it's just. It, you got a team that's undefeated, played every game, and a criteria to determine the four best teams is if a coach or a player won't be there for the playoffs. Well, I mean, you cannot go and try and predict the future. You know, I mean, that's more of a slap in the face to Florida State and, and their backups and their coaches saying, well, y'all can't come up with a, a game. They can come up with a game plan with uh, their second or third team quarterback and go and compete and maybe win a game. They allowed six points to Louisville. Like and, they could shut you out. And, and and they're not giving them that that chance. That, that part of that criteria. And uh, I don't know, man. I look. I don't know how they can come uh, come up with the four best teams on the criteria they're using. But look, during the season, you had some teams that um, let's say they may have been ranked eight. They lose a game, they drop in in the polls five, six spots. So you can definitely do it in the last week of the season or last poll. You had some teams that were same, let's say they were eight and played won a game, but didn't look very good, still may have dropped. Hell, mm-hmm. I think Georgia and Michigan flip yep. later in the season. So they can flip flop. So, I mean, I can see Florida State was four going in, and the Louisville game wasn't – they won, okay, but did they look impressive doing it to the committee? Maybe not. So I can see them dropping from four to five. But was that worse than Alabama needing a fourth and 31 yeah, to beat see, Auburn? But then I, then I think Alabama was eight, and I think they may have stayed. They didn't move up or down. But I think what hurts – Florida State has so many uh, two out of undefeated teams, and I, I don't know, man. It, look, it's uh, at the end of the day, it, it's kind of still. And I, again, I'm glad Alabama's in, but it's upsetting where a team went undefeated. You asked them to do everything; they did everything was asked of them, and they can't get in. But it's how you playing at the end, and I can see where you drop down a spot based on what happens early in the season, not playing so, well. So here's my thing with that, is that if those games in September, which Florida State beat the hell out of LSU, if those games in September are not going to give me credit whenever it matters at the end, then I'm not ever scheduling a game like that ever again. I'm going to play Akron. I'm going to play Ball State. I'm going to play uh, Toledo. I'm going to play Southeastern. I'm going to play Cupcake City because Florida State – was told, hey, the ACC's weak. 
you got to do a little extra, right? You got to make something happen out of the conference. Go schedule hard. They played the number five team in the country at the time in LSU to open up the year and beat the hell out of them. 45 to 24, the game wasn't that close. Ended their season on the road with their backup quarterback, went to the swamp and won. On top of winning every one of their conference games going 13-0, and it wasn't enough. And one thing that I think is unfair, and look, their offense looked terrible against Louisville. There's no, there's no denying that. But that was with their third guy. The backup would have been back for the playoffs. The backup played against Florida the week before. He's not nearly as bad as the guy who played Saturday. That guy played against Florida and actually made some plays and was actually not that bad. So I think they got penalized for the third guy playing when that's not even a guy who would have ever seen the field in the playoff. I don't know, man. I feel bad for them. I really do. I think Alabama would beat them heads up. Hell, I think Georgia's going to beat them heads up in in the bowl game. I, I get that. But it just feels dirty when you could be a major conference team, win all of them, win two big showdown non-conference games, and still get told, all right, Texas, who has a loss, is better than you. Alabama, who has a loss, is better than you. It just feels icky, and this is the reason why we got to have more than four, man. We yeah. got to have more than four. And again, they make it the committee, their rules or whatever fit what they want to get done because early season game, Texas mattered for Texas when it came down to the end. Yep, it mattered for them, but Florida the State's early win season game didn't did not matter for Florida State. It's just, but it, they made it fit to what they wanted to do. It, I don't. It's. Yeah, I think you go to 12, you solve some of this. Not all of it, but uh, it's an unfortunate for Florida State where it, um, it, it, I don't know. I guess if they would have played better in that last game, could have made a difference. M- maybe. Yeah, I, I or, don't know. But then, I mean, Alabama at the end beats the number one team who's won 20-something games in a row. And you keep them out. If if Georgia played Washington tomorrow, who you think would win? Georgia. And why isn't Georgia in the top four? Yeah, we've already said going undefeated doesn't matter. It, it doesn't hold any weight. So why isn't Georgia in the top four? Because the committee is going to use it to fit where they're going to. You number one. You lost the game. You're going to drop a few spots. Now drop. They dropped a lot. It's a mess. Losing a closed game. It's a mess. Yeah. And not only do they lose a closed game, and I, I hate to even bring this up. No. Alabama dropped a fourth down pass. It wasn't completion. even reviewed. That was a completion. <laughs> yeah, it was a completion. <laughs> uh, LSU is going to the ReliaQuest Bowl in Tampa. They'll be taking on Wisconsin. The Tigers are a 10.5-point favorite. That line tells me that Vegas doesn't think Jaden Daniels will play because if Jaden Daniels were going to play, that would be more of a 17, 18, 20-point favorite for LSU. Wisconsin's not very good. They're 7-5. and five. Tigers have a great chance to get their 10th win. Tulane. But how did that game come about? It was supposed to be Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't know what how happened. did – I mean, come on. That, that's Yeah, it's not a very no. uh, appealing matchup. Tulane will be playing Virginia Tech in the Military Bowl out in Annapolis, Maryland. Virginia Tech is a six-point favorite in that game. We'll get to Tulane in the W's and L's in just a second. The Cajuns are going to be playing in the New Orleans Bowl. If I could find the New Orleans Bowl, they're taking on Jacksonville State. That is actually coming up right around the corner, December 16th. That's one of the first bowl games to be played. Jacksonville State is a three-point favorite in that game. So those are the Louisiana teams. But you're right. 
not all that excited about um, watching LSU play Wisconsin. Wisconsin is boring. They play a defense-first brand of football. Be a good chance for LSU's defense to maybe get some confidence because the Wisconsin offense isn't any good. But I just don't understand how the number 13 team in the country, a team who just missed being in the New Year's Six, gets a bowl matchup against a team that's not even ranked. Like, I I don't know, very favorable yeah, draw. I don't for understand that at all. That's a terrible. Yeah, it's a, it, is a, it is a bit of a letdown, no doubt. Um, let's catch our final break. When we get back, I got some W's and L's, and whoo, we got a bunch of things to talk about there. It's play-by-play. Play. When we get back, uh, we're going to have some fun here on KLEB. Hi, I'm Chad Boudreaux, owner-president of Joe Septic Contractors. One of the real joys of the holiday season is the opportunity to say thank you and to wish everyone a happy holiday and new year filled with wealth, happiness, and prosperity. From the staff of Joe Septic and the entire Boudreaux family, no Wake Outfitters is the best fly shop and paddle sports dealer in Metairie, but we offer so much more. We can prepare you for hunting season with Lamco game feeders and functional, comfortable camo wear from Duck Camp. And we outfit kayaks to get you in those shallow duck ponds and keep you camouflaged. Let our knowledgeable staff help you have your best season. Also offering Duck Camp and Orvis Outdoor Apparel for men and women. Check out the exclusive brands like Rugged Road, Turtle Box, New Canoe, Old Town, and more. No Wake Outfitters. 1926 Airline Drive. Water safety tips from Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. Hey, y'all, I'm Kelly Clarkson. Every American dreams of creating a better life for his or her family. But in some communities, those dreams face difficult challenges. When we come together to help those in need get the same opportunities as everyone else, we truly are making our country a better place to live for all of us. So look for volunteer opportunities in your community to help others achieve the American dream, all right? This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. Hey, are you planning to get an updated COVID-19 vaccine? Yep. I don't want to get seriously sick and miss out on spending time with friends and family during the holidays. Um, does it cost a lot? I don't have insurance. If you don't have health insurance or if your insurance doesn't cover an updated COVID-19 vaccine, you can get one for free with the Bridge Access Program. Just look for places that participate in Bridge Access on vaccines.gov. Sounds good. Bridge Access on vaccines.gov. A message from CDC. All right, let's get to our W's and our L's. I actually prepared these last night. I'm uh, very versed on all of these topics, and I'm ready to roll our first W. Goes to our buddy, Coach Dennis Gaines, and the Cecilia Bulldogs. They're going to the Dome. They have not yet been challenged in the playoffs. We're going to try to have Dennis on at some point this week, but you mentioned that's going to be a chore. Over under seven hours of sleep all week for Dennis this week. Oh, he ain't getting any sleep. <laughs> he, he, he will not have a life this week. He's going to stay in that office 24-7. No one deserves to win a championship more than he does. Hopefully they're able to bring it home. A weekend L. Oh, boy, this one's going to be so interesting. Goes to New Orleans sports. The Saints lose yesterday. 
The Pelicans lost to the Bulls over the weekend, which is one of the worst teams in the NBA. Tulane loses and also loses their coach. And then here's the stat I promised you early. In the Dome, we have 16 teams, eight matchups, two teams each, 16 teams. There's not a single team with a 504 area code in the Dome at all. There's not a single New Orleans-based school in the Dome at all. I don't know if that's ever happened. But boy, it was crazy to see. They got a couple of 985s, a couple of River teams, some Lafayette teams, some North Louisiana teams, but no 504 in the Dome at all. Wow. Crazy, crazy. W goes to the 49ers. Uh, they go on the road and, and just kick the snot out of the Eagles. They had a slow start in the first quarter. They had negative yards of offense. Didn't matter. In the second quarter, they got rolling. The Eagles couldn't get stops. Brock Purdy, Debo, Debo Samuel, Kittle. 49ers, it's hard to question when you have a blowout win against Dallas and Philadelphia both. It's hard to question who the best team in the NFC is. Um, they're going to be tough. They're going to be awfully tough to beat. And L goes to officiating. Oh, my God. Just in the Kansas City Chiefs and Green Bay Packers game alone, we had some nonsense. We had a missed pass interference on a play where the cornerback just hogtied the receiver. We had a roughing, not roughing, the passer, a late hit out of bounds called on Mahomes, who was still very much so inbounds. We had a defender just throw Travis Kelsey to the ground on the Hail Mary. Nothing called, oh, you got to let him play on the Hail Mary. Says who? That, that's not a rule. Then we have just every game, call after call after call. And this is at the professional level. What are we doing, man? The officiating gets worse every week. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But you know what else we had? At halftime, we talked about it on sports uh, at uh, the Dr. Pepper. We had a, a, an issue there. That one of the guys got ripped off. Yes, yes. <laughs> they gave the other one sixteen points. It should have been fifteen. Oh man, we need instant replay for the oh, damn Dr. So Pepper. It's contest. bad all the way, all around. Make the guys full time. That's all you got to do with fix so much of this. Make the guys full time. And you're going to see you're not an official. You dress up as an official, you're an official. <laughs> a weekend W goes to the Los Angeles Rams. They are now 6-6, six and six and they're finding their groove. They hammered the Browns 36-19. They've won three in a row. They have a great chance looking at their schedule of getting a wild card. They play at Baltimore on Sunday. But then you got the Commanders and the Saints and the Giants. That's three very winnable games before you wrap up with the 49ers, who might have their seed locked in place before that week uh, week's, um, mm. 18 matchup. So the Rams are looking really good to maybe get in. A week in L. Pat myself on the back. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is a loser. I tried to tell everybody over the summer Michael Thomas was a loser. <laughs> you're, you're bald. <laughs> um, he spent his Sunday tweeting from his couch instead of being there for his team. He spent his Sunday criticizing play calling, criticizing uh, the the way that Derek Carr was playing. Oh, this guy's wide open. Throw him the ball. He spent his Sunday talking about how God was on Jameis Winston's side, and then whenever he got called out for doing it, he deleted his account, and his account is no longer active. Michael Thomas is known for two things. A, he's known for being good in the past, and B, now for being a jackass on Twitter. He makes more plays on social media than he does on the football field. New Orleans should have cut his ass last year. Instead, they restructured his deal, brought him back, and now it is becoming a problem. When he was on the field, he was actually keeping his mouth shut and playing hard, but 
the snake in the grass is always going to have venom, and now he's not in the lineup, and he's doing what Michael Thomas does, being a tumor in that locker room. How could any of those guys look at him with a straight face and say, hey, we're out here busting our tail playing. You're sitting on your sofa, not even in the building with us, typing damn crap on your phone. Get rid of this guy. He should be released from the organization today. Enough is enough. Yeah, that's pretty sad. I was kind of impressed early in the year where he was playing, not saying nothing, but that didn't last long at all. That's uh, that's ridiculous. The zebra right? always shows his stripes. Yeah. A W goes to the Vanderbilt boys basketball team. They got a uh, a sweep of their home tournament, playing well. They're still waiting on some pieces. Coach Leon Veal uh, does an excellent job with them. So good on the the Terriers for getting some wins. And L goes to the Eagles security. Dude, we're lucky we didn't have a bad situation yesterday. There's a little pushing and shoving going on. A member of the Eagles security puts his hands on a linebacker for the 49ers who took a swipe back at him. And he's lucky that punch didn't land because we could have had a big problem. They both get ejected. But the NFL apparently is going to crack down on this. You can't have your people touching other people on the field. That's... That's a terrible look. They get an L for that. They got an L on the field. They get an L for how they handled that situation. Yeah, look, officials are in control of the game, not security until they called. And it wasn't even bad. Like, guys weren't fighting. They were just, like, talking trash on the sideline. Happens 30 times a What is he doing? They close to the action anyway. Thank you. Weekend W goes to my Clippers, down 24 against the Golden State Warriors. We battle back. We come back and get a win over the Golden State Warriors. We're coming. We're getting much better. W goes to the Clippers. And L goes to Georgia and Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart loses his first game in forever and ever in Georgia's back-to-back national championships. Adios, amigo. You don't go to the college football playoff. I got to tell you this. This is a confession. This might uh, make me be on the uh, the scarlet letter list for LSU fans. I dislike Georgia more than I dislike Alabama. I was rooting for Alabama. I can't stand Georgia. Can't stand Texas A&M. I was glad Alabama beat their ass, and I'm glad that they're not going to the college football playoff. Wow, I did not know that. Oh, no, dude, Georgia ran a reverse pass up 30 against Southern. You're you're classless, man. Yeah, not no, not a fan. Um, Weekend W goes to the WWE for a couple of reasons. A, the brand is hot. CM Punk is back. Your ratings are through the roof. Uh, B, they were like a presenting sponsor at the Big 12 championship game. Had a big WWE logo on the field, a big championship belt. The Undertaker presented Texas with the uh, with a championship belt after winning. Dude, wrestling used to not be mainstream like that. The fact that they were able to land that, that's pretty cool, man, to see uh, the Undertaker giving, you know, Ewers, the quarterback of Texas, a title belt and to see their logo on the field. Like, they've come such a long way. That used to be just the stuff that the greasy people like to watch, like me. Now it's mainstream, man. Kudos to them. They have they have changed the way that people look at their brand for sure. Fresh ideas, no doubt. Weekend L goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. Zion Williamson. Weekend prediction. I told you Zion's going to play the back to back because it was a chance for him to get some stats against a team that he thought he could bully. Zion did get some stats. Twenty seven points. You know what he didn't do? He didn't play any defense at all. And the Bulls got a one twenty four to one eighteen win. Over New Orleans, the Bulls are 7-14, and and they beat New Orleans on the second night of the back-to-back. Pelicans had a big lead and got beat 36-21 to in the third quarter. Surprise, surprise. And that allows the Bulls to get the win. A weekend W goes to Vermont men's basketball. Did you see that? The craziest finish that I have ever seen. Vermont was trailing 
by, let's see, six points with five seconds left and one in regulation. Oh. They make a three-pointer to cut it to three. Offensive foul on the inbounds on Yale. Vermont gets the ball back, makes a three, gets fouled, and they score seven points in the final five seconds to beat Yale 66-65. to Can you imagine the person who bet Yale? <laughs> How terrible yeah. they must feel. One of the craziest endings that I have ever seen in a college basketball game. Vermont gets a one-point win. It was all over sports. Man, stop fouling three-point shooters. No that reason happens that. at every level. No reason for that. And L goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Dude, something's wrong with the Chiefs, man. Um, you know, it's easy for a cynic to, oh, they're distracted. Oh, Taylor Swift's ruining the team. They don't have any weapons, bro. Outside of Travis Kelsey, that team does not have any weapons. They go to the Tundra yesterday and get beat by Green Bay 27-19. to Jordan Love was terrific. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. For a Packer team that is getting better, they have also won three in a row. They beat the Chargers, which is an okay win. But how about this? The last two games at Detroit, home against the Chiefs, the Packers have gotten forgotten about because they, they were three and six and left for dead. But they're starting to play some good ball. And now how about this schedule? They got New York, Tampa, and Carolina the next three weeks. They could oh. maybe be nine and six. Green Bay might, might get into the playoffs, man. They're looking pretty good. Damn, that, that's big time for Green Bay. A weekend W goes to Southern University men's basketball over the weekend. Southern, who was one and six coming into their game with Mississippi State, went on the road and upset the number 21 team in the country. So Southern gets a win over a top 25 opponent, 60 to 59. Just goes to show on any given day, anything could happen. Southern is a team that had lost to Valparaiso had lost to Marquette by 37, had lost to TCU by 33, had lost to Arizona by 38, but they go on the road and get a big win against Mississippi State, 60-59. to Kudos to them. Job well done, representing the state very well. Dang. What about, uh, it's not Southern, but Arkansas basketball? They, uh, they beat, was it Duke last week? I mean, I'm always willing to and happy to talk about Duke losing because they lost to Georgia Tech also. They, Duke's 5-3. Yeah. and three. Um, A weekend L goes to the UConn women. UConn women's basketball is 4-3. and three. How many years did they have that they didn't lose three games for uh, you know the entire season? In the new poll today, they are ranked 11th, which wow. is the worst that they have been ranked in 30 years. Can you imagine how spoiled those fans must be that being 17th is the worst ranking they've had in 30 years. That's unbelievable. They are four and three. They lost both of their games uh, this past week, ravaged by injury. Uh, LSU, by the way, for those wondering, they're seventh in the poll. South Carolina currently number one. But, man, we got to give an L to the UConn women because right now Geno's having some problems. Just can't find a way to get a win. South Carolina number one. All the better to beat you later on, Coach Staley. Are both of our fa- That's a great question. That is a great question. Who's your favorite college basketball program? Tulane, Alabama? Like you root for who, for whom? Who uh, would be your number one? Golly. Probably Alabama, right? I, no, I, no, probably Tulane. Okay, I, I Tulane. Would say. If if I gave you the choice, Tulane. Coach Stockton is going to resign tomorrow. And you could get either Kim Mulkey or Dawn Staley to run the program. Which oh, one would you? Because I know you don't like God. either one. So if I had to give you the choice of the two, which one would you pick for Tulane? Oh, 
I, I, it's got to be Mulkey, yeah, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. It's got to be Mulkey. And I'd probably go buy a different shirt, maybe change teams. <laughs> but, yeah, Mulkey, for sure. It's got to be Mulkey. Don Staley's unbearable. Oh, yeah, oh, yes, he is. Tonight, Monday Night Football, the, the Jaguars are taking on the Burrowless Bengals. Um, let's see. The Jags are a 10, well, 10-point favorite without Burrow. Any drama tonight? You expecting to see the Jags who are 8-3 and three get a win? Look, the Jags are competing for home field advantage in the AFC. You think they're going to get yeah, a win? Yes, no drama. All right. Well, we'll see. Let's uh, oh, come think. on. Without Burrow, what? oh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't think oh, the Bengals are going to win. Yeah, I don't think the Bengals are going to win. Um, that'll wrap things up for us today. Uh, thanks to Coach Richard Jones. Tomorrow we're going to try to have Coach Kenny Lacey on the line. Uh, we've got Stan later in the week. We've got Coach Brody Williams later in the week. We're going to have some high school results throughout the course of the week. We'll break down some of those dome matchups. We'll try to get Dennis Skeins. So we should have a good week of shows. You've been listening to Play by Play. Have a tremendous rest of the day, my friends. Love you guys. God bless. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.